This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, brand new week, Monday afternoon, August 29th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Panera Bread is testing artificial intelligence technology in its drive through lanes. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the week ahead will include data on housing and construction, plus the government jobs report for August. We're joined by Bob Brusca, chief economist with Fact and Opinion Economics based in New York. Bob Bob, thanks for joining us today. Do the uh, numbers that come out later this week have the potential to uh, kind of break this feeling of anxiety that settled over the market since Friday morning? I'd, I'd say probably not. Uh, I think there's a feeling of anxiety out there that is much more likely to get worse than to get better. Although the numbers coming out late in the week are going to be important, and that's part of the problem. Um I, I doubt that there's anything that these reports can do that are going to cause the markets to feel more complacent about what's going on, especially in what has become an extremely poisoned political uh, environment. So uh, the Fed is making policy at a very difficult time. It's been pressured by progressives not to, quote, crash the economy. They were previously pressured by progressives not to be preemptive. I don't know what the Fed thinks it can do, um, but this is a very difficult position for the Federal Reserve. And we've got elections coming up. We've got parties that seem to hate one another. This is really bad. And then uh, on top of that, uh, you do have uh, economic conditions that uh, investors keep an eye on and then economic conditions that voters keep an eye on. And it seems to kind of start and stop with gas prices. And uh, that's, for, I think, for as, as far as a lot of voters are concerned, that's the economy. Yeah, well, you know, when gas prices get excessive, obviously uh, people are going to uh, obsess about it. And, and of course, there's been some uh, backing off of those high prices, and that's good, and that's that consumers like that. And it's been some help uh, in the surveys to Democrats because that has been one of the big sticking points. But uh, if the economy starts to sour and the unemployment rate starts to go up, uh, uh, believe me, losing your job is going to be much worse than paying more for gas. Well, let's talk about the employment market. Uh, what... Um, what what number or what uh, what kind of jobs report number for the month of August? What would that what would be ideal to investors? Is it one uh, that is uh, kind of weak that would suggest that the Fed would slow the pace of interest rate hikes, or would it be one that surprises on the upside to suggest that the economy is uh, more resilient than thought? Yeah, no, the markets are kind of perverse in this, and so you've got to kind of brace yourself for it. Um, you would think markets would like to see a strong number because they'd like to see the economy strong, but they don't want to see the Federal Reserve having to raise rates more. And right now the Fed has got this situation where it's way, way behind the inflation rate. You know, we've got the uh, the federal funds rate at 2.5% at the top of its range. We've still got inflation running at over 8%. And uh, 
if we get another strong employment number, it's going to cause people to go, yikes, that the Fed's going to do a lot more, and that's going to scare the heck out of markets. But if the economy produces a really weak number, well, the bond market will like it, but I don't think the stock market will like it. I don't think the guy on Main Street will like it. So there you have it. Bob Bruska, Chief Economist with Facted Opinion Economics based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, a quick service restaurant chain ups the tech in its drive through game. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Two Panera Bread locations in upstate New York are testing artificial intelligence technology to take orders in their drive through lanes. Let's learn more from Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the restaurant coach based in Chicago. Izzy, thanks for joining us today. It's called Tori. And it's very similar to Alexa, it sounds like. And uh, if you're at these uh, two Panera locations and you want your uh, soup and salad or sandwich and salad, you got to tell Tori what you want. And they'll find yeah. out if uh, Tori's uh, accuracy level is uh, up there with a uh, human worker. Well, this is very interesting right now, very cutting edge. And I think in, you know, five years, this will be the standard. But Panera is the first one really... Uh, dipping their toe in that water. I'm sure it's going to be successful. And the whole thing, this is probably 10 years ahead of schedule because, uh, you know, COVID has driven us to this point where all these companies are looking for ways to be effective uh, with uh, less and less employees coming out to work. When it's all said and done, uh, Tori or its uh, AI equivalents, uh, will this uh, particular technology, is it going to replace a certain class of uh, restaurant employee or give the restaurant employee more time to accomplish other tasks? Well, I think it's going to do both. I think in in the end, it's going to replace uh, all of the people who are taking your order through the drive-thru. So you'll just be talking to Tori only which in the end uh, will give the employees uh, in the restaurant uh, more time to complete those orders because they're getting them faster, they're coming up more accurately, uh, and as soon as the person's done ordering, it'll go ahead and fire that order. So uh, really, Rob, it's it's that combination of two things at once. It's going to be more accurate. And it's going to give the employees time to make that order faster. And it seems like the the big choke point, at least in my experience, where you have to uh, uh, use a touchscreen to order versus giving it to a person at a quick service restaurant is that it takes a lot longer for me as the customer to uh, punch in all of my selections at a touchscreen versus just telling the person what you want. And is that the the the, the portion of the app that they have to fix? Is making sure that uh, you know the amount of time it takes to order is the same as with dealing with a human being? Oh, absolutely. So I'm sure that, you know, once they do this test, go back and perfect it, uh, it will be uh, faster than a human being, you know, t- you know, touching the screen and, and uh, putting in your order. And uh, that does take up time. But I'm, I'm like you, I don't like to go to places where I have to do the touch screen uh, because I'm at a particular age uh, where I'm very slow versus my children who could do it within seconds. So this voice technology for uh, the drive-through, I mean, I think this is just the beginning in terms of how they're going to use this. 
Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the restaurant coach based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, preparing first-time home buyers for the fall selling season. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's been a changing market for home buyers as we head into fall. Let's get an update from Brian Wickard, president and owner of Accudent Mortgage based in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Uh, for the last two years when we were talking about the uh, state of the housing market, uh, you couldn't run out of uh, synonyms for hot. Uh, but things have changed uh, considerably. And uh, if you are a first-time home buyer, you have to change your game plan. Yeah, you do. And there are surely fewer buyers out there looking. Some people have been scared off, but that is actually kind of good news for those intrepid souls who remain. Now, last week, there were a lot of headlines nationally talking about a housing recession. And that was actually a misquote of the National Association of Realtors uh, chief economist, Lawrence Yoon. What he went on to say is that there is a recession in housing in terms of the available number of listings. And therefore, what's happening is you've got the number of sales in Chicago metro area down 26% for the latest monthly available data, which is July. That's from the Illinois Association of Realtors. But it's not because of buyer demand, Rob. It's because there's a lack of listings. Listings are down 20%. We also have to remember that uh, prices, while they are softening, well, they're still up 4.8% from a year ago. So there's not a recession in terms of home prices. Another fun fact from July, homes sold faster, 20 days on average in the Chicago metro area compared to 25 days the year before. So you still got a supply problem. And the first-time home buyers and move-up buyers need to keep that in mind. Now, with the uh, number of listings going down, does that mean uh, we're simply just out of houses to sell? Or some people who might have want might have been in the housing market as home sellers are just reluctant to do so? I think you got a big reluctancy problem. Remember, we refinanced a heck of a lot of people to 2.99% or less on a 30-year fixed rate. And you're going to have a good reason to move to give up that really low rate and payment that you have on your existing house. Now, there are always life events that, you know, cause somebody to move, but there is definitely a hangover effect, I'll say, from all those low rates people have. Another important tip for uh, first-time buyers is they really need a good buyer's agent who is knowledgeable in the local market because you got to remember, a listing price is just a made-up number. And you don't know if that seller was aiming high and unrealistically so, or are they realistically uh, pricing their home? You need that local expert to help you. The other thing you need is to get your pre-approval squared away and get a thorough pre-approval, one where the mortgage lender not only verifies your credit, but also your down payment and um, also your employment. We want to make sure there are no questions so that when you get that accepted offer, there are no surprises on the way to closing. 
Brian Wickert, president and owner of Accident Mortgage based in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead, a look at the collectibles market, including the record-setting sale of a baseball card. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A severe storm system is pushing through the area. We'll get a live update from AccuWeather in a moment. NASA postpones a planned launch after several problems emerged during countdown. The most expensive baseball card in history was just sold for more than $12 million. We'll check in with an expert on collectibles. And at Stock Picker Monday, we'll get a couple of suggestions from an investing person. WBBM business. The markets are lower. The Dow is down 49 points. The NASDAQ is down 59. The S&P 500 is down 6. Let's get the latest now on the severe weather that is pushing through the Chicago area. We do have one severe thunderstorm warning in effect for about 29 more minutes. Let's welcome in AccuWeather meteorologist Bob Larson to talk about uh, not only this uh, round of severe weather, but what we can expect the rest of the afternoon. Uh, the storms in the area right now are uh, causing quite uh, an impact across the area. There was a wind gust of 49 miles per hour, officially reported at O'Hare at 20 past the hour, very close to 50 miles per hour. There's potential for 50 to 60 mile per hour wind gusts causing damage with any of these storms that move through. It's a rare thunderstorm warning. It's a 1 o'clock for parts of Lake, DuPage, and Cook counties, and it's a 115 for Kendall, LaSalle, Grundy, and Livingston counties. Uh, and we have a second area of severe storms that's off to our southwest, moving across Ottawa and Streeter at this hour. Behind this initial surge of severe storms, we see additional showers. At this point, non-severe, but we do anticipate on and off wet weather even after this first line of storms moves through. A severe thunderstorm watch runs till 4 p.m. On Aki Weather is Bob Larson. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are trading lower this afternoon. We're joined by Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Gary, thanks for joining us uh, once again today. When we spoke a little over two hours ago, it uh, looked like the uh, markets were poised for a repeat of Friday, uh, but there has been a, a little bit of a recovery since then. Uh, what is the mindset of investors this afternoon? Uh, why this uh, sudden pullback? Uh, because we dropped 2,200 Dow points in eight days, uh, and you just can't keep going straight down, keep going straight down. Eventually, you find an area where you get defended a little bit. I wouldn't go any further than that. Uh, leave no doubt the market that is deteriorating here, and it's on the back of higher oil prices, higher interest rates. And if they keep going higher, not much good is going to come from uh, the market. When the uh, bubble burst uh, during the first uh, six months of the year, there was a you know, a lot of the commentary was that uh, the market was overvalued during the uh, 2020 and 2021 run up, and that uh, going down was inevitable. Uh, where does where does this where does it stand now as far as valuation is concerned? Is it just right, or maybe uh, the pessimists were too pessimistic? Yeah, unfortunately, it's not in the cheap seats yet. Uh, it, it's still up in the trees, though off the highs. Uh, they really took down the bubbles, the ridiculously priced, um, a lot of the higher growth areas. So definitely they have come down. But overall, I'd say we're in the 75 percentile of expensiveness in the market. So if interest rates go higher, if Powell goes farther than expected. I suspect that the markets will get cheaper just because of that, uh, because the fact of the matter is the markets 
uh, rode a sea of easy money from one man and his whims, and that's all rolled back now because uh, of the inflation he lit the fuse on, and now he's got to fight the inflation that he lit the fuse on. Unfortunately, uh, we're the victims. Well, Jay Powell does sound like uh, somebody who, uh, after indulging uh, all sorts of uh, bad (laughs) behavior in the car, uh, he has been threatened to say, I'm going to turn this car right around if it happens again. Uh, Do you think he has the gumption to actually follow through on the tough talk? Uh, it's not a matter. I don't think it's a matter of gumption. I don't think he has a choice. Uh, his legacy, he does not want it to be massive inflation to where interest rates go into the teens like we saw in the 70s. Uh, so he's now determined to be the exact opposite. Let me give better words. Coast to coast from the easiest monetary policy in history towards Paul Volcker, who had to fight the inflation back then. And I must say that his words that came out of his mouth Friday were Paul Volcker-ish, and that's why you saw a thousand-point drop in the Dow. And I suspect we may see some more, notwithstanding some bouncing around. Now, to use a a very appropriate metaphor for the uh, weather that we're dealing with in the Chicago area right now, uh, those draconian interest rate hikes of the early 1980s uh, led to almost a decade of sunny skies. I mean, from 1983 up until about the Gulf War, uh, inflation was wrung out, up, wrung out of the economy. You did have growth. Uh, is that a possible outcome once this is all said and done? Yeah, uh, I, I think to a certain point, th- th- there is a couple of big differences. Number one, we have $30 trillion, make it $31 trillion of debt now. And that's always going to be a headwind going forward. And there's not one politician uh, that wants to be our hero and do something about that. So, so that's number one on the hip rate. And number two, uh, we're still not even close to fighting off inflation. Uh, and, and that is a big problem. As of this second, he's at 2.3% on his Fed funds with the two-year yield at 3.4%. So he can raise rates a point in September, still be behind Unfortunately, to kill inflation, you probably got to go five, six percent. And that means trouble for the economy and trouble for the market before we can get out of this. Now, if you're like me and you believe in the people, this country and businesses, this country and ingenuity, we will of the people, we will come out of it. But it just may take some more time. Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Find him online at GaryK.com. Coming up next, another reason to dig out your old baseball card. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Let's talk about baseball on this rainy day. A Mickey Mantle baseball card from 1952 has sold for a whopping $12.6 million, making it the most valuable sports collectible in the world. That's according to Heritage Auctions. We welcome in Stephen Fischler, the CEO of ComicConnect.com and Metropolis Comics based in New York. Uh, Stephen, thanks for joining us today. Is this the Mickey Mantle baseball card that I'm thinking of? Is this the it's the it's the tops card? 1952, kind of a, a brown wooden background uh, that has been talked about by many baseball card collectors to be like just the best of the best when it comes to uh, as far as Mickey Mantle is concerned. Well, you know, it is kind of interesting. It, it, if you look at the, the word iconic, uh, the, the first uh, Mickey Mantle baseball card from Topps is certainly in that category, but it actually is not his rookie card. Uh, there is a card from the year before, the 1951 Bowman, 
that is actually his true rookie card because it obviously came out one year beforehand. But it the 1952 set is such an iconic set. It's really what is uh, for many the the first modern baseball card set and the Mickey mantle, which is a high number from that set, meaning it's rare. It was put out at the end of the year uh, is, um, is is such a sought after card. And this is basically fits the category of the best of the best. People are always looking for uh, exceptional copies of this card. And this is this particular card came from a vending case of a number of probably a, dozen copies of that card this is one of the best copies from that that find which came out about 30 years ago it is it's a tremendous item are we in a situation because when i was growing up it was always honus wagner had the most valuable baseball card and the and the cards that got the most money on the resale market were from the early 20th century are we getting to a point now where the 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 baseball cards from the 50s and 60s uh, as evidenced by Mickey Mantle, are moving to the front of the line uh, as far as uh, value is concerned? Well, actually, the 1952 Mantle has forever and a day been a very, very valuable card. So it's really not a situation of now it's coming into its own. Uh, 52 Mantle has been considered one of the most valuable cards for the last 30 years. It is just that there's been, a, let's say, in the COVID era, uh, a rise in valuations for the best of the best of the best. There was a, a, a PSA nine that sold for over five million dollars several years ago. So, and that was, I believe, before COVID. But this has always been one of the most sought after cards. Uh, it, it just this is a new plateau in terms of price, but it is a fabulous con- uh, card that was graded by uh, uh, SGC as a. Uh, a 9.5. So it is, uh, it, it's just an, a, an accumulation of, of decades of people loving this particular card. And there's more people who want to buy the card than there are copies of the card in this type of grade. So that's exactly what has gone on. Stephen Fischler, CEO of ComicConnect.com and Metropolis Comics based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, our Monday Stock Picker. It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's a dark and stormy Stock Picker Monday. And helping us out this afternoon is Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist with B. Riley Financial based in New York. Uh, Art, I hope I provided a lot of atmosphere atmosphere for you uh, as we uh, do our stock selections for the day. And uh, both of your uh, names, you might might, might want to call them uh, tried and true performers on the markets. Yeah, tried and true, but uh, currently trading at some relatively inexpensive valuations. So the first is Alphabet, which is the parent company of Google, currently sits um, at a P.E. of 20 times, and that sits below its uh, earnings growth rate of 23 times and its revenue growth rate of 24 times. So you don't often find uh, Alphabet trading um, at a multiple that is less than their growth rate. Stock is underperformed the NASDAQ composite. It's down 24% on a year-to-date basis. I think there's some great value here, and their cash flows are very defensible in all sorts of economies. And then uh, your next one is, is Dow Chemical. Yeah, Dow Chemical is a is a kind of a steady eddy and is really much more for yield investors or dividend growth investors. And 
And uh, lo and behold, Dow Chemical finds itself with a five and a quarter percent dividend, right? So it's pulled back from a high recently of $72 to $53 here today. And that means it's trading at a five and a half multiple. That's as cheap as Dow gets almost ever. And what's even more intriguing about that is its price to cash flow is 4.5 times, again, very low. It has 20% gross margins. It's got 15% operating margins. It's got a return on capital of 21%. It's growing revenues at a rapid rate. So for those folks that are interested in some dividend yield and a company that uh, makes things that we need versus things that we want, Dow Chemical. And it seemed a very appropriate metaphor uh, for Chicago this afternoon that in times of uh, market volatility, uh, both of your selections for the week uh, sound like uh, shelter from the storm. Shelter from the storm. I hope that passes soon for you. And also, it seems like a, the, the, also the volatility that's happening right now is uh, it's, it's a good opportunity to uh, pick up some values that may not have existed before. It really is, especially in a week like we saw, actually the last two weeks, the two lowest volume weeks that we've seen this year, that tends to add to volatility because there's less liquidity. Not surprisingly, a lot of people on vacation, so there's not as many players on the field right now. And those dislocations are things to be taken advantage of. So I think you see that both uh, in, the, in, in the alphabet, but also in the broader market here. So moves get exaggerated when volumes are low, and uh, they tend to mean revert when the rest of the players get back on the field after Labor Day. Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist with B. Riley Financial, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. His uh, selections on uh, Stock Picker Monday, Alphabet, the parent company of Google, and Dow Chemical. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and on the Odyssey app. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.